Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap on a Tuesday evening. Thank you very much, Toot Money. We're back again tomorrow at 6 p.m. here on South Africa's News and Information Leader. Coming up uh, on this evening's show, we'll touch base with Natalie Germanis to find out exactly what happened uh, in the cricket today. We'll chat to former Protea fast bowler Andre Nell uh, about uh, that incredible performance uh, from Chris Gale as well as uh, what the Proteas have in store uh, or what they're going to need up their sleeve, so to speak, this coming Friday, and we'll also preview all your UEFA Champions League action with Bradley Connell. But we start with uh, news out of that Proteas camp. Vernon Philander has a hamstring strain and will miss South Africa's next outing against the West Indies in Sydney on Friday. Team manager Mohamed Musaji explains. Vernon Philander sustained a grade one hamstring strain, which was confirmed on uh, scans done in Sydney yesterday afternoon. Uh, the recovery period for the hamstring strain usually takes about 7 to 10 days. After the West Indies match, the Proteas are scheduled to play Ireland in Canberra on the 3rd of March and Philander's availability could still be in doubt. Yeah, The Ireland game, uh, as we speak, is literally about uh, 8 days away. Uh, and with the recovery period being anything from a week to 10 days, we've got to give him every opportunity to make sure that uh, he can be available. But at the same time, I mean, we're not going to be foolish and take any shortcuts. Chris Gale and Marlon Samuels were the heroes in the West Indies. 73-run win over Zimbabwe today. Natalie Germanis will have a report for you uh, a little bit later on in the program. The drama in the Pakistan camp continues. Chief selector Moin Khan has been sent home due to a visit to a casino before the team's 150-run loss against the West Indies in the Cricket World Cup. One match to look forward to tonight in the Absa Premiership. Mamalodi Sundowns are in Durban. They take on Amazulu at the Moses Mabida Stadium. Kickoff is at half past seven. Tomorrow night sees the last two spots up for Grabs in the last 16 of the Ned Bank Cup. Polokwane City travelled to Supersport United, while the University of Pretoria host Morocco Swallows. Amatak's assistant coach, Sly Salas says they'll have a full squad to choose from, bar two. Everyone is fit to play except uh, obviously two players. One is suspension and then Mkumarupin, uh, of which he might be ready for the weekend. But everything is the right track. We're looking forward to the game tomorrow and then go out then give our best. Masala is acutely aware of the value of a home draw for the match. At home, we need to use our home advantage. And even after, remember, we're still struggling with the home record. So we want to try to improve that and, and you know, see what's going to happen throughout the game. But we're looking forward to the game tomorrow. And we're going to be a very strong, very hard to beat. We'll be hard running and then uh, we'll take it from there. Tonight in the UEFA Champions League, Manchester, United, uh, Manchester City rather host Barcelona while Borussia Dortmund travel to Juventus. On to rugby news. The Lions have signed ex-cheaters like Andres Ferreira, who recently returned from a stint in Italy. He's reportedly signed a two-year contract. The Johannesburg-based franchise has also confirmed that like J.P. Dupree and centre Harold Forster, who made their Super Rugby debuts last week, have extended their contracts until the end of the 2016 season. In Six Nations, news winger George North and tight head prop Samson Lee are back from concussions in a Wales side with four changes for their Six Nations rugby match against France in Paris this coming weekend. In 10 News Andy Murray will lead Britain against the United States in the first round of the Davis Cup. The Scott and his brother Jamie were named in the team that will face the Americans in Glasgow next weekend.
Meanwhile, defending champion Switzerland announced their team to take on Belgium, and both Roger Federer and Stan Wawrinka will not play. Jan Marti is the best-ranked player of the four-man Swiss team. He's ranked at 294th in the world. And according to McLaren, two-time Formula One champion Fernando Alonso is making a solid recovery from a spectacular crash in testing and have blamed the accident on gusty winds. Alonso crashed into a wall in testing. Barcelona's Catalunya circuit on Sunday and was airlifted to hospital under sedation. Alonso suffered concussion, but the team said scans were completely normal. And finally, it all starts on Thursday. The Joburg Open, we're looking forward to that. Michael Flismus filed this preview. Last year, George Kutsia won the Joburg Open for his maiden European Tour victory. It secured him a place in the Open Championship later that year, and he finished in the top 20 at Royal Liverpool. It's these memories to which Kutsia is returning at Royal Johannesburg and Kensington Golf Club this week. Yeah, it's always nice to come home, stay at home, uh, obviously to come here and play this event, and uh, hopefully defend the title. It's, it's quite an honour to, to come here as defending champion. This tournament is one of the few on the European Tour played on two golf courses, the East and West. The East is the tougher of the two, and Kutsia believes he's learnt his lessons on this layout. I think the, the fact that I've played it many, many times and failed many, many times <laughs> was kind of the key to figuring out which ones were the difficult ones. And uh, you've got to get through 10, 11, 12, 13, pretty good. Uh, I think um, just uh, getting around those holes and uh, managing to not make any numbers, it's kind of part of playing golf, I suppose. Michael Flismus, Johannesburg. Well, coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll chat crickets, World Cup crickets with Natalie Jamanis. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, it is in full swing, uh, a week and a bit into the tournament, and today's match was uh, absolutely incredible. If you caught any of that innings from Chris Gale, what a magnificent, magnificent batting uh, display, and uh, just, he's in a different world. I mean, it's been a long, long time since he scored 100. I think June 2013 was the last time he scored a century in one-day cricket, and boy, did he come good today. It's a bit concerning, obviously, with the Proteas taking on the West Indies on Friday, and uh, West Indies are a bit of our, our bogey side when it comes to World Cups and particularly West Indies side with Chris Gale who's firing so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what does happen on Friday as you heard as well we'll be without Vernon Philander which means uh, our bowling attack's a little bit thin but uh, the match today Zimbabwe up against West Indies fantastic fantastic match Natalie Jamanis filed this report Leading into the match against Zimbabwe, the West Indian opener Chris Gale was under a lot of pressure. The last time he scored an ODI 100 was back in June 2013 against Sri Lanka. He'd been under a lot of pressure and in his last 12 innings had only scored 199 runs. But today against Zimbabwe, he smashed the World Cup record, which was set by Gary Kirsten back in 1996. Gary Kirsten made an undefeated 188 against the UAE and has stood as the highest individual innings in World Cup history since then. But Chris Gale today made 215 of 147 balls with 10 fours and 16 sixes. His double hundred, the first of his career and the first by a batsman who's not an Indian batsman, in the end came off 138 deliveries, which is the fastest double century in one-day international history. He shared in a partnership as well of 372 runs with Marlon Samuels, who came in at number three. Samuels himself was undefeated of 133 from 156 with 11 fours and three sixes, his highest one-day international score. Chris Gale and Samuels' uh, a partnership of 372 is the highest in one-day international history and also the highest in list A cricket. 
They made 372 for two in their 50 overs. Chris Gale did fall off the last ball of the innings, caught by Elton Chigamburra off the bowling of Hamilton Masikatsa. But they did lose Dwayne Smith early, and his poor form in one-day internationals continues. He made a second ball duck after he was bowled by Tanasha Panyangara, who started off the innings quite brilliantly. But Panyangara eventually went for 82 runs in his nine overs with just that wicket of Dwayne Smith. From a Zimbabwean point of view, Alton Chigambura just bowled the seven overs for 44, while Sikanda Raza's 10 overs went for just 45. The rest of the bowlers were all pretty expensive. Zimbabwe's target was eventually reduced from 373 to 363 from 48 overs, as there was a slight delay in the innings because of a bit of rain. Their run rate wasn't a problem. They went at 6.49 through their innings, but eventually were all out in the 45th over for 289. Sean Williams made seven. 26 from 61 with nine fours, his 19th half century of his career, but no hundreds to his name as yet. Craig Irvin was bowled by Chris Gale for 52 from 41 with seven fours and one six, while there was a contribution of 37 coming from Brendan Taylor of 48 balls with two fours and one six. In the bowling department, Chris Gale yet again chipped in, taking two for 35 in six overs and easily was a runaway candidate for the man of the match. Jerome Taylor took three for 38 in 10 overs. Jason Holder picked up three three for 48 in seven, while Nikita Miller and Marlon Samuels each contributed with one wicket apiece. The West Indies now have four points from the three games that they have played, and their net run rate currently stands at a positive 1.339, while Zimbabwe, who have two points already in the tournament, their net run rate stands at a negative 0.827. Natalie Jamanis for SAFM Sport. 2014 was a tough year for all of us. The SA Post Office values you as our customer. Because without you, we would not exist. The SA Post Office is appealing for support and assures our customers of our commitment to serve you reliably as we recover from this period. We are committed to building a strong future of performance, reinforced by ongoing dialogue across the organization to ensure delivery of reliable quality services. The SA Post Office. We deliver whatever it takes. The Portfolio Committee on Communications hereby invites institutions and or individuals to nominate a person to fill a vacancy of non-executive member to the board of the South African Broadcasting Corporation Limited, which arose from the resignation of a member of the board for the remainder of the term of office of the current board to the 24th of September 2018. Nominees must have expertise and experience in broadcasting policy and technology, broadcasting regulation, media law, business practice and finance, journalism, entertainment and education, and labor issues. Nominations and inquiries must be addressed to the committee secretary, Mr. Timbin Korsi Ngoma, Portfolio Committee on Communications. You can email on tngoma at parliament.gov.za or fax to 086-522-5740. Telephonic inquiries can be made to 012-403-3733 or 083-709-8407. Closing date for nominations is Friday the 27th of February at 4pm. Please note that nominees may be subjected to qualifications, checks and security clearance. Late submissions will not be considered. Take all the tweets in the past month that contain the phrase education reform. Now add them to all the tweets about rising CO2 emissions, the budget speech, police corruption and deforestation. For good measure, you're now at 40,000 tweets which is roughly a quarter of the tweets about America's most famous reality TV family. Oh my goodness, Kimmy. That is like so unbelievable. Sensible thinking seems to be in short supply these days. At Moore Stevens, however, our guidance is always well-researched. 
and our support is thorough, ensuring our clients benefit from the most precious business commodity there is, sensible thinking. More Stevens, audit, advisory and tax. Long live sensible. Joint host for the 2015 ICC Cricket World Cup, Australia and New Zealand, look to put aside their allegiance in organizing this tournament when they clash at Eden Park on the 28th of February. This is the second time the tournament is being held by the two nations down under, with the first being the 1992 Cricket World Cup. There will be no love lost on the field of play in this hotly anticipated match. Catch live crossings on your favorite radio station at 3 a.m. Brought to you by SABC Sport. 2014 was a tough year. The SA Post Office values you as a customer because without you, they would not exist. The SA Post Office is appealing for your support and assures their customers of their commitment to serve reliably. The SA Post Office is committed to building a strong future of performance reinforced by ongoing dialogue across organizations to ensure delivery of reliable quality services. SAFM Sports Wrap. You tune into SAFM Sports Wrap and time to chat some cricket. Uh, incredible, incredible scenes at the World Cup today. And uh, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome onto the show once again former pro tier quick bowler Andre. Now, Andre, welcome onto the show. Uh, thanks for your, your time this evening. Chris Gale was was just absolutely in in a in a class of his own today. Yeah, it's a bad um, hi. How you doing? Yeah, fantastic, man. Uh, Two hundred and fifteen runs, Andre, in a, in a fifty-over game. I mean, if if, if ten years ago uh, you, you were bowling and and someone said Chris Gale would do that against you, you probably wouldn't have pitched up on the day. No, I'm pretty happy I retired. Between twenties, have taken off massively, and the guys, the scores, guys are getting now is unbelievable. They bat you fifty overs and set themselves up nice in the last 20 overs, it's still 200, so, yeah, it's quite scary to see what's happening now, but, um, yeah, I just heard today, it was absolutely phenomenal, and the scary thing is, um, it's not a great time for South Africa, we're playing the West Indies, a bogey side fast in the World Cups, and especially Chris Gale getting deformed as a player by us, he, he normally likes scoring against us, so it's not a good sign for us, but hopefully we can come back after our loss, um, on the weekend and come back firing strong. Well, the bad news for the Proteas, though, uh, today was uh, that Vernon Philander is going to be out of that clash on Friday. He's got a, a grade one hamstring strain, and uh, we saw how much he was missed on Sunday against India with him only bowling four overs. Andre, uh, our bowling attacks looking without him, looking very, very thin. Yeah, we are. And, and the worrying fact is the ball quite nip around um, with the playing this weekend. And then also a problem with uh, a fourth bowler, Biadin Parnell, who is it going to be? You can't expect Gimme to cover for those guys, and those guys bat number seven. So, yeah, it's going to look, look a bit thin. Hopefully Abbott can come in and do a fantastic job filling Verdon's uh, uh, job. But, yeah, it's, it's a worrying factor, but hopefully the guys stand up and, and man up and be counted and really show what they uh, about and how good they really are. Being picked for South in the World Cup is a, it's a big honour and now they're going to show us why they're there. Yeah, I mean, Andre, it's, the, the loss to India was, was I don't want to say devastating, but it was it was a big loss as, as far as the pro tiers go. And, and from a margin perspective, I think psychologically it must be a big blow as well. It's, it's probably better to have a loss like that early in the group stages than later on. It almost sort of, you realize, hang on a sec, we're, we're in this thing and it's, it's business time. So uh, it, it might be a bit of a wake-up call for the pro tiers. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's a good time that at the now it's a good wake-up call and seeing where the guys need to, uh, to to be aware of and where they need to be sharpening up. Um, but also it's a group stage 
it's a long World Cup. The biggest thing is you, you just got to play and figure out everything before you get to hopefully get to the playoff round. And in the quarterfinals and semifinals, um, all those World Cups have got to be sorted out because that's when it comes. Now at the moment, yes, it's a loss and uh, for momentum it's probably not the best thing. But it's also a good thing to know what you're doing wrong and perfect that. And then we can um, hopefully in the quarterfinals and semifinals know those things and get to the final eventually. Andre, for someone like, like Wayne Parnell, I mean, you mentioned the fourth bolo, and, I mean, Wayne Parnell took a, a bit of stick on, on Sunday. Uh, as a bowler, I think every single bowler throughout their career will have a day where things don't go their way. How does, how does Wayne Parnell bounce back from that performance on the weekend? Yeah, I think it's, uh, but, uh, I respect what you're saying, but the thing is he's been doing this for last year, so I was very surprised he got picked. Uh, he's not performing for last year, so hopefully he can come back and, and really mentally this. So listen, it's one of those days, um, prepare well as possible and hopefully going to the game with as much possible confidence and the guys backing him if he gets picked again and just going out and nailing a skill. I think the biggest problem was he wasn't executing his skill properly. You can have the skill, but the biggest problem is under pressure, you have to execute those skills and unfortunately didn't execute those skills properly on Sunday. Yeah, and I mean, the West Indies have, have got uh, players who will really exploit it. I mean, I'm sure Chris Gale uh, w- was watching that game on Sunday and, and, and picking Wayne Parnell to go after. So his first couple of overs, if, if he does get picked on, on, on Friday, are going to be vital because they're going to come after him. Yeah, I think so. And the biggest thing is the first year over set the tone for the whole day. And if you, if you go for the first over for Kuala runs, you're playing catch-up. So the biggest thing is he has to start really well and be ready. So, um, yeah, hopefully... Hopefully the guys will be on the button, but um, you know, all I can say, I'm a, I'm a bit worried. I, I really hope Saska do well, but it's not a good sign for us seeing the West Indies batters getting to form um, and our bogey side to walk up. So, yeah, it's hopefully not um, going to be the same again in every World Cup that's happened to us that we lose against the West Indies. Andre, you mentioned how long this World Cup is as well. That that is been one of the talking points, and and I want to use Australia as an example. Their their match on the weekend was rained out against Bangladesh, so they're going to have two weeks off where they haven't played a competitive game of cricket in the middle of a World Cup. Surely that shouldn't be happening. Yeah, I think they have to think of a format to make it slightly shorter. It's hard, but I remember when in 2007 we went to the World Cup, we were there for three months. You play a game, they got ten days off, and just you really mentally stay focused as hard and now that the, the, the Aussies got two weeks off it's going to be quite challenging for them to be focused and reach for those games in their place so it is mentally quite hard but uh, these days are quite professional and professional athletes so hopefully that won't be a problem for the Australians and then just finally to wrap things up, Andre, I was watching the game on Sunday and Merrick Pringle was commentating with Michael Hussey and, and they, were, they were talking about uh, you teaching Michael Hussey Afrikaans and, and, and Hussey said that, that he couldn't quite repeat the words you taught him. Uh, uh, you, you obviously can't do it for us now, can you? Um, no, it's quite fortunate. I was, I was, uh, at that stage, I was quite young and wild. We played together at Northampton. We played against each other. So at that stage, I uh, just probably... <laughs> thought Mike Assey the worst with the head probably <laughs> <laughs> but he, he should have actually said I also thought in some nice words <laughs> uh, when I ever speak to Assey again I'll tell him he, he couldn't make me feel look that bad again <laughs> Andre Nell always great to catch up uh, look forward to chatting again soon enjoy the game on Friday and uh, yeah take care thanks very much uh, Brad and good luck for your preparation for Ironman cheers thanks mate you too okay, cheers then SAFM Sports Wrap
We've got some great UEFA Champions League action to look forward to this evening. And uh, joining us right now on SAFM Sports Wrap is uh, Bradley Connell. Bradley, welcome on to SAFM once again. Nice to catch up. Uh, I mentioned two games tonight, two games tomorrow night as well. We're in for some mouth-watering football. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, afternoon there, Brad. I think tonight's fixtures are the cream of the crop, uh, especially, you know, getting off to such a bang last week. We saw some great uh, fixtures as well and some good results. Um, surprisingly, a lot, a lot of draws at the moment, so some teams are a little bit cautious in their approach. Uh, and obviously, this is a repeat of last year's fixture at a similar stage. So, I mean, uh, of which Barcelona went out to winners uh, 4-1 on aggregate in that uh, on those two encounters. So, you know, it uh, depends who gets out the blocks a little bit better and who wants to, you know, not lose at all costs in the first leg. Yeah, these matches are, are quite quite interesting, Bradley, because, I mean, let's be honest, there, there's no such thing as, as an easy match at this stage of the competition. Playing at home is important, but any team can really travel to, to whichever stadium and win, particularly, let's talk about that Barcelona-Manchester City game. It's vital that Man City don't concede goals tonight. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you don't want to concede at home, and uh, you speak about uh, your home advantage or, you know, home fans or the 12th man. Uh, these type of players that are rocking up now in, in this phase of the tournament or in this phase of the campaign, it's definitely not ones that get bothered by extra set of fans or, or what have you. So they're quite capable of scoring an away goal, um, and especially with Barcelona. But uh, however, you're looking at that, Barcelona did lose, uh, you know, this weekend past, uh, they lost down to Malaga. Um, so, you know, not, uh, yeah, not something that they would have wanted before their travels. Um, on the other hand, uh, Man City picked up a convincing win. Uh, against Newcastle. So maybe that, uh, you know, just a little, offers them a little bit more confidence going into this fixture. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, the other match tonight, Juventus hosting Dortmund. That should be a, a great game of football as well. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's a repeat final of 1997. Um, so that's uh, for any football enthusiast, you know, traditional Italian team coming up against a traditional German team, of which uh, Dortmund have had their fair share of misfortune this season or with a lot of injuries as well. They seem to be coming right now. Uh, they've got three wins on the trot uh, there, Brad. So they're looking quite good at the moment. Jumped now all of a sudden uh, to 10th on the log. Um, but it's not an easy trip uh, to Juve. I mean, Juve also, just reading up on them as well, unbeaten in 21 matches in all competitions. So that is some record uh, to hold on to. So I think if uh, Dortmund can walk away uh, with a draw tonight, I'm sure they'll be happy. It's not the way Dortmund play, though. They don't play for draws. Uh, they've got a very attacking outfit, and uh, they usually play to win. So whether they'll be a little bit naive and fall into a Juventus track, uh, we'll have to wait to see tonight. Yeah, it's such a difficult one, particularly being the first leg. I mean, you want to play the football that's got you to to the to the point where you're at now, but you, you do need to be cautious. Yeah, well, Dortmund put on a tail of two different faces during the league campaign that... Uh, we saw them dismally failing in the league and losing game after game, and in the in the Champions League to go through unbeaten in in, in the qualifying stage in the group stages, um, they showed two different faces, you know, and uh, they were wanting to just try and maintain that uh, good fortune in terms of Champions League football. And like I say, now they've won three on the trot, so hopefully their confidence is a little bit, uh, you know, up up to up to their standard at the moment because they're a fantastic team when they got every man fit and when they've got uh, 
Brendan, let's look ahead to, to tomorrow night's action. Uh, Arsenal up against Arsene Wenger's former club, Monaco. That uh, that should be quite an interesting one, particularly uh, with Arsene Wenger, who was quoted saying he's, he's, he's quite surprised because they normally come up against a more prestigious club at this stage of the competition. And Monaco struggling with injuries. But uh, a comment like that could provide some much-needed ammo. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, it's, it's coming up against not unknowns, but it's it's, uh, it's a team that you wouldn't uh, think about meeting at this phase of the of the of the campaign. So they have to tread cautiously. I do think they, uh, looking from a Monaco point of view, you know, there are some good players in that squad. You think of Jean Moutinho, uh, you think of uh, Dimitar Berbatov as well. So those are two players. Uh, they definitely do have the quality and the prestige about them to make an upset. But uh, having a look at the way. Arsenal have come about now. You're having the fitness of Mesut Ozil. He's come back into a Giroud now as well. who's scoring on a on a regular basis. Plus the pace of Welbeck. I think the attack of, of Arsenal will be a little bit too much uh, to pose for Monaco. And, uh, uh, you know, I think it's just a, a day out at the office for them, barring the defensive issues, if they sort their issues out at the back with Pierre Matasaka. We know he does struggle with a pace at times. So if they get that sorted out, they should... Uh, walk away, you know, with uh, with some good uh, results tomorrow. And then the fourth and final fixture of the week, Bayer Leverkusen up against Atletico Madrid. I mean, German football's been on the rise the last couple of seasons, and, and Bayer should win that one at home. Yeah, look, I mean, that's not an easy fixture. Uh, you know, Atletico Madrid are, are really a serious contender now. They've been uh, in this campaign, and they went all the way to the end uh, last season. So, uh, they by, by really performance-wise, they have their rights to be in this competition and uh, Leverkusen, you know, I just feel that when they meet the bigger clubs in the final stages, they just lose a little bit of temperament or they lose a bit of I wouldn't call it big match temperament uh, but I just think they lose a little bit uh, of, of their way they get a little bit too nervous at certain phases and uh, they can compete on any given day with any team uh, you know, in European football but uh, having the, the courage or the uh, I'm not too sure how to present the um, their weaknesses, you know, but when it comes to bigger games, they, they seem to falter. So uh, I'm quite keen to see how they get on uh, tomorrow with uh, the likes of Atletico Madrid. Well, looking out of those four games, uh, if we could only watch one, which one would it be? Yeah, I think definitely the Man City uh, Barcelona game. I think that's uh, the pick of the crop, and certainly uh, kicking off the fixtures tonight. And hopefully, it'll be a thing of come, uh, thing of uh, things to come coming over the next two days. Yeah, I think uh, we're in for some great footy tonight. Bradley Connell, as always, great to catch up. Thanks for, for that insight. Enjoy the football tonight and tomorrow. And we look forward to, to chatting again soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Speaker of the Natal Legislature, Lydia Johnson, and Natal Premier Senzo Mkono will host the official opening of the legislature and the state of the province. Both these events will be graced with the presence of Zulu monarch, King Kutwil Zuelitini Kapegozu. His Majesty will deliver the keynote address during the official opening of the legislature on the 26th February 2015. Nkonu will deliver his State of the Province address on the 27th February 2015. The speech will outline the government's plans for this financial year. 2014 was a tough year for all of us. The SA Post Office values you as our customer. Because without you, we would not exist. The SA Post Office is appealing for support and assures our customers of our commitment to serve you reliably as we recover from this period. We are committed to building a strong future of performance, reinforced by ongoing dialogue across the organization to ensure delivery of reliable quality services. The SA Post Office, 
We deliver whatever it takes. Imagine you're running your business as usual, and a customer is about to make a card payment. The power goes out, your till shuts down, your card machine won't work, the customer leaves upset and disappointed, and you lose the sale. But you don't have to. If you get NetBank Pocket Pass, a secure mobile card payment solution, you are protected against load shedding. It's a reliable card payment facility with an extended battery life. Used with your cell phone, you can continue to trade, even when the power is out. Make convenient card payments happen. To apply for your pocket pause, go to simplybiz.co.za or call 0860-114-966 today. We're an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. Make things happen. NetBank. The SA Post Office advises customers to renew their postbox rentals this 2015. Rentals can be renewed by presenting a copy of your ID and the pre-printed annual renew notice. The rental fee for 2015 is 383 rand and 238 rand for pensioners, inclusive of a once-off penalty of 20 rand for late payments. SA Post Office also welcomes new postbox applications. This fee is 393 rand and 248 rand for pensioners. T's and C's apply. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Really looking forward to that UEFA Champions League tonight. Barcelona Man City. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic match. It's just no easy games when you get to the stage of the Champions League. So uh, if you are going to be watching that, enjoy it. Also enjoy the Absa Premiership clash later on this evening. Half past seven, that kicks off uh, in just half an hour from now. Uh, Mamelodi Sundowns up against Amazulu at the Moses Mabida Stadium. I'm Brad Brown, back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. Up next, it is uh, the talk shop. It is seven o'clock and time for your news.